You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello and welcome to the all-new, same as the old EAP, because (laughs) after months and months of me being away due to moving house twice and uh, all the stuff that goes with that, and then a couple of my friends moving house and um, asking for assistance because I have a large C4 um, space tourer, which practically converts into a van, so it's good for moving big bits of furniture and things, Um, I'm finally... Free enough to actually relaunch the podcast. So here we are again for your listening, enjoyment or otherwise. And uh, for this special relaunch episode, I am joined by pantless Jeff Gamut. Hello, Jeff. Hello. And uh, hey, thanks for inviting me on. It's great to get to hang out with all of you. Excellent. And I'm also joined by the newly monocular but still jocular Guy Searle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's me that is me still, still you know, monocular but jocular i hadn't that's i'm gonna remember that that's a good line <laughs> and of course nick is here as ever hello nick yeah you can't get rid of me <laughs> no matter how you try <laughs> no, no. Uh, no mac jim this week i'm not sure what mac jim is doing but there you go jim is not here he's, uh, he's currently recording things for gaz and i to play on the my mac yes podcast. i was gonna say he, he seems to have <laughs> seems to have switched over to sending things to guy and gas to users buffers and bumpers and things on their show so there you go so um here we are we're back again uh so I guess the first first thing of the week, uh, Apple had posted better than anticipated earnings fueled by iPhone sales. Uh, better than expected results. Uh, I've got a link here, of course, to uh, our friends at uh, Six Colors with all the charts. If you want to look at all the stuff, mm-hmm. which is always good. Um, that's always a good place to go and look at the charts. I don't think there's anything particularly stunning in this one. Um, no, you know, and, and as always, when they say better than expected, they're talking about better than what analysts expected. Yep, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know. Actually, when I when I looked at this um, heading, um, it says Apple quarter two, 2023 results. Uh, $94.88 revenue. I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's not very much. Oh. <laughs> and then I realized it says $94.8 billion. Yes. <laughs> Back in the 80s or the 90s, that would have still been a good quarter. For yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. Absolutely. True, yeah. definitely true. So um, they, made, they made bus fare that, that quarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What, one person was able to go to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I take it in turns. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there we go. Uh, supply chain snarls vanished, according to Tim Cook, and we had no material shortages during the quarter across any product. 
um, and was pleased to be pulling out positive results despite challenging macroeconomic environment. Um, as far as I can see here, uh, net income was down 3% versus last uh, last year's quarter. Max sales fell 30%. And uh, the company has its eyes on other markets after sales, its sales in China have dropped. Um, however, there you go. Overall, yeah, well, I... I mean, remember that that this time last year, Apple was still going through the uh, the M1 Renaissance. So yep. people mm-hmm. who had held off on buying new computers were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay, the M1 is now out. You know, they they, they finally made the switch. So I'm going to go ahead and buy a new computer." Well, all those people bought computers, and they're not going to buy another one the very next year. So, no, exactly. You know, you know, right. it, yeah, the people that bought, yeah, the people that bought this time around, it's people like me who had um, uh, an Intel Mac that was still really solid, and uh, and we didn't feel the need to upgrade. But then the M2 comes out, and it's like, well, okay. The Intel Macs are getting old enough now, and everything's really uh, making that transition into the M-series processors. It's time for me to make the jump. We're a much smaller group. Also, keep in mind, Q2 is Apple's slow quarter every year. Oh, yeah, definitely, because obviously you're following on from the the holiday quarter, which, of course, is always huge. And then we'll be going into the All of the new items that were, you know, all the new items that were released as Apple does, like most other companies, uh, in the first quarter, yeah, first yeah. their financial first quarter. quarter, yeah, which in in their case comes pre-holiday season. So right, and then um, of course their Q3 will be post WWDC when all sorts of new shiny things will be coming out. So I mean, mm-hmm. considering considering their iPhones haven't changed hugely, have they, for the last I don't know. Five years that well, oh, I mean, the, they're, they're, certainly they're since got, the eleven got shinier and nicer and faster and it's still amazing that fifty four percent is that are still based of their revenue is still iPhone sales that's just amazing isn't it they're still selling a huge number of things they are they are and um, apparently a one point five percent rise in iPhone revenue contrasted with the broader consumer electronic industry grappling with the declining sales of smartphones, tablets and PCs. So I think you'll find that Apple actually did really rather well and um, most other um, manufacturers have taken a fairly big hit. So there we go. Uh, Not a lot to be said about that really. I mean, you know, good for Apple. They did better than um, predicted on most things. So... And, and you're right, their Jeff. service revenue, their service revenue is looking very healthy. I mean, if Isn't you look it? at that bar chart with the service revenue, it's just sort of up and up and some more up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, like their biggest their biggest growing segment, definitely. Yeah, which is by design. Um, oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I predicted on some show, and this is such an easy prediction, so it shouldn't even count. <laughs> um, that before the end of the year, that. Uh, that Apple's earnings reports will show that that services accounts for at least 25% of their revenue. Yeah. Which, I mean, they're at 22% in Q, uh, with their Q2 report. So, yep. that, yeah. And growing fast. Yes. Even, if, even if I was uh, um, back in my old job where I was doing statistics, I'd say that's a fairly straight line going up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good, I think you're, you're well in there. Yeah, well, if you have all Apple products, for the most part, their services work very well. I mean, not 
100% all the time, but nobody's online services does. But Apple has managed to integrate all of the things that most people use computers for in such a way that uh, documents and storage and photos and and media and, and everything else just kind of ticks all the boxes for working. And not all the time, yeah. but more so than other built-in services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Apple did a great job of of making their services easy and convenient. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's true. I mean, if we come down to if you come down to wearable home accessories, you can really see how the different, you know, how the um, the first quarter of every financial year has a big impact because that's after all the new shiny toys have come out. So, you know, the watches and <laughs> yes. all the rest. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the wearables, it's obvious. Every every first quarter is, I don't know, 25, 30% greater than the surrounding quarters. So, And even on the Mac, you can see it. It's not quite so... Um, not quite so prominent. Well, Q1 is also the holiday buying season. Exactly. So that's exactly yeah. it. So Q Q3 ramps up because yes, you're right. New new stuff also going back to school, and then Q4 or wow, I can't even do math. Q4. I should just stop talking. <laughs> lots of sales. Q1, lots of sales. Yeah, Q1 gets most of the sales. It's as simple as that. So there pants we are. are too tight, Jeff. My pants are way too tight. <laughs> Which is saying a lot because they're actually sitting right over there. <laughs> How they managed to be that tight when not even on you, it's a mystery. Yeah. It, it really is. So much and, to do with study. Yeah. So um, then, because uh, today, as we record this, is uh, 25 years of the iMac. It's the 25th Yay. birthday of the iMac. Um, Apple Insider have a piece how Steve Jobs saved Apple with the iMac 25 years ago. Uh, 25 years of iMac, a computer which changed everything for Apple again, which is stuff. Um, and a piece entitled iMac at 25. I didn't love it then, but I do appreciate it now from Tech Radar. Um, if you're interested in that sort of thing, um, there is and... something really nice, isn't there, about being able to pick up a huge chunk of metal, stick it on your desk, plug it in, and it goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, there, was... there is no step three. No, yep, no that's that, it. Was, that was like one of the selling points. Um, and what a lot of people don't know is that the you know, I mean the 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 time to market is typically much longer than what many people realize the iMac program uh, was actually started before Steve jobs came back uh, to Apple, but he's, you know, he's the one that's credited for saying, okay, well, you know, we're introducing the iMac because he was the one that stood out there with it on stage. And when, when you think about the, where Apple was in 1998, when the iMac came out, um, they, everything was boring beige boxes, no matter whether you were a Windows person or a Mac person. And along comes this little computer fit with a 15-inch screen. Everything is already included for the most part. Doesn't have a floppy drive, which was like mm-hmm. a, a huge controversy oh, yeah. in Scandal. 1998. Uh, it didn't have serial ports. It had this this crazy thing called USB. And Apple didn't actually debut USB, but they're the ones through the iMac that basically made it very, very popular. Mm-hmm. And everything that you needed was already pre-configured. And remember, this is also pre- OS 10. 
or OSX as it was called at the time. It was still System yeah. 8 and System 9, which could be very finicky in how you connected everything up. So, you know, here here comes this this little computer. You, you plug in power, you plug in the internet, and you're done. Everything else just works, except exactly. for the hockey puck mouse, which is yeah, like would, a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But of course, I mean, as you say, you're right there, Guy, because as I understand the, you know, the law is that when, when Steve came back and was going around, you know, assessing the state of Apple and deciding what projects to kill and all the rest of it, um, he came across Johnny in the design lab and there was a sort of prototype iMac and he was like, what's this? And Johnny told him about it and he was like, yes, that's the thing we need. Yep. So, you know, because they had already canceled the um, Performa, Centris, and Quadra lines, which was the, you know, the three mm. stupid markers that they had for various computers back oh, then. Oh my apps. God. That was such a Centris debacle. To keep track of. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, they had already replaced uh, the 68K Motorola processors with PowerPC. Uh, they were still a couple of years away from OS 10. And frankly, I don't know if Apple would have survived without the iMac uh, prior to OS 10 being released. Because OS 10 also deserves a lot of credit in getting people more interested in Apple again, because they certainly weren't interested in System 9. No, it's very, yeah. it's very true. Only hardcore Apple users were really bothered about System 9. Which, like, you know, like um, me. Yeah, all 10 of us. Yeah, I, think I, only, uh, I only joined the Apple fraternity um, with Leopard, and I actually saw them talking about Leopard, and it was that that attracted me to the Mac more than anything else, is the operating system. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, okay, that's mm-hmm. so much better than Windows, and it was well, at the time. Yeah, well, that's the that's the big thing. And the first, I mean, I didn't, even though I was a Mac user and I was very keen on the idea of uh, OS ten. I didn't actually start using it until 10.2.4 or something like that, because 10.0, which was basically a beta, and 10.1 were just yeah. not really workable. Not that good. No. But the, the bones were there. Yeah. All the bones were there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All, all, all the bones were there. But the biggest thing is, when, I mean, 10.2 seems to be where most people started to actually be using OS 10, And I remember was probably Mac User Magazine at the time, had a front cover one time saying, uh, the Unix slash Linux geeks are coming to the Mac. And um, actually, it was true. And that, you know, that brought a huge, Mm -hmm. a huge um, explosion in developers because people could bring their Unix knowledge and then make stuff for the Mac. Whereas instead of having to use all the previous proprietary Mac stuff, with quick draw and all that sort of stuff. So there you go. So yeah, I, I agree. You know, OS ten was a, another huge part of it. But I think the iMac bridged the gap. Um, but, and allowed yeah, the well, iMac. my kids, my kids actually had an iMac DV, the gray one. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the time, I was still on. For people that remember these, I had a UMAX C six hundred, which was a six hundred three E based wow. clone, mm. and for expandability and just being able to get into it and doing whatever the heck you wanted with it. It was probably the best Mac I ever owned. It was a fantastic computer. I even updated it to a, um, uh, a 604. There was a 604 upgrade for it. Mm. But once 
once I went to OS 10, I kind of knew that, that its days were numbered because by that time, of course, Apple had bought um, power computing and had limited the licenses of all the other clone makers to not going above uh, system eight. Yeah. And it was just a matter of time until they were all out of business. Mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely was. So there we go. But uh, so happy yeah. birthday, iMac. Yeah. Happy birthday, right. iMac. Yep. Indeed. Yeah, w without the iMac, we wouldn't have had uh, um, the opportunity for the iPod to come along. True. Yeah. And uh, not, not that the iMac created the iPod, but no. without the iMac uh, re uh, rejuvenating Apple, <clears throat> then uh, there there wouldn't have been an opportunity for us to get the iPod, which uh, really goosed the company. And well, and now here we are. Yeah. I remember. Uh, does anybody remember the fake Steve Jobs blog? Yes. Yes. Oh, and, yes. And, and it used to frequently quote the line you know i invented the freaking ipod have you heard of it <laughs> when at the period when more people knew apple for ipods and for making computers there you go yeah fake steve jobs is great all the way up until we knew who it was mm -hmm. and then he just wasn't as good at it anymore no i'm looking and oh my god i am not kidding on the bookshelf, just off to the side of me, the fake Steve Jobs book. It's sitting there. <laughs> I, I think it's one of the the pre-release press copies that they sent out. Ah, uh, yeah, the, wow. the fake Steve Jobs blog was so funny, as you say, until we knew that it wasn't. Because I think secretly, a lot of people harbored the thing: is wouldn't it be funny if it's actually Steve Jobs? <laughs> if it actually was him, <laughs> you know, right? Sort of parodying himself. And putting it out as a fake Steve Jobs blog, but uh, there we are. I honestly, I don't think Steve Jobs had that great of a sense of humor. No, probably not. Yeah, I don't think he did. Because I remember um, on Cult Mac, Leander Caney has got a story about he met Steve Jobs twice, and you know, stuck out his hand, and Steve just blanked him, <laughs> and he did it more than once. Apparently, there we go. So no, I don't think Steve had a great sense of humor. Oh dear, there we are. Um, obviously, we've all um, been uh, issued with uh, rapid security response uh, updates recently, which uh, mm -hmm. were very quick to install. Um, and I've got an article here from LifeWire, why Apple's rapid security responses are better than a software update. Um, and I was listening to ATP uh, yesterday, I think, um, and they were talking about it. And basically what they're saying is that the rapid security response sends like a, a mini uh, blob of updates, which are rather than being worked directly into the OS, as in a full, um, a full OS update, they are much easier to reverse. So if something goes wrong with it, it can be removed simply putting your system back to where it was before it was installed. That's so, a good idea. Mm, uh, it doesn't always require a, a restart. No. Yeah. Calling it Apple's 
rapid res uh, security response makes it sound like it ought to come in a black van with lots of <laughs> yeah. heavily Del armed guys yes, coming out guys. of the back of it. A whole group of guys <laughs> outside your house with rifles looking around. Yeah, going, deploy, deploy, deploy. <laughs> For all you know, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And the last thing that you that you remember before they leave is the one guy in the suit that holds up the pen and says, yeah. oh, look into the... <laughs> I was going to make that joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry I took the joke uh, from you, guy. Oh, no, dude. no, no, no. As long as the joke is told, that's all that matters. That's it. The rapid re rapid response. And you're right. It does what you think. You know, they bust in and go, hand over the phone. We need to <laughs> deploy We need to deploy a security patch. Oh, dear. Oh, and look over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, well, my phone is working fine now. Yep. So anyway, that's kind of crazy. Yep. As it says here on Wide, by quickly releasing a temporary fix or workaround, Apple can reduce the window of opportunity for attackers to exploit zero-day vulnerabilities. Uh, there we go. Yeah. It's not enough for Apple to um, simply provide faster security updates. It's equally important for the public to understand the significance of applying them. So, uh, yeah. It's quite ironic, really, because Apple have been accused of being a bit tardy, haven't they, from time to time with yes, security updates? they have. Um, so there you go. Oh, good on. This is their new strategy. And as I say, on ATP, they're explaining that there is a way to um, remove such an RSR, as they're calling them, uh, if something goes horribly wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. Yes. So that's good. All good stuff. Um, then we've got some stuff about the USB charging for upcoming iPhones. Uh, apparently, EU sends Apple stark warning over USB charging on new iPhones from TechRadar, who say that um, the EU are threatening Apple that if they allow uh, MFI certification uh, USB accessories to charge the phone faster than non-MFI regulated ones they will not be happy personally i think that's utterly stupid because as long as it allows to charge on and what difference does it make on the common charger and if apple want to charge a premium or other manufacturers want to charge a premium for ones which are certified to fast charge your device i don't see what harm it's doing but of course the eu are you know, looking at it in reverse and saying no what you're actually doing is um throttling other charges which isn't true if you you know if a bog standard charger charges at five watts or whatever and a you know and an mfi one can charge at seven what what difference does it make but there you go and we don't even know if okay. any of this is true this is all just based on well rumors. yeah motor at the moment of we don't even know if it's going to be USB-C for the next iphone no. I mean, it likely will but we we don't know for certain apple certainly hasn't said anything Nope. I mean, they're not actually forced to comply mm -hmm. until 2024. So, you know, it could be the iPhone 16 yeah. before they put USB-C in it if they want. So there we go. Going to the trouble to, to complain about something that Apple hasn't even done. Come on, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then but the other part of it is, is that it's clear to me that uh, that the uh, the people on whatever committees for the EU that put all this together, they don't understand what a hot mess USB-C is. 
Um, <laughs> how do you yeah. know what cable does what for what device? And uh, and there, I mean, there's no way to look at a USB cable and know if it does data and power and if and how fast can it do data? How much power can it do? I mean, there there are a lot of variables here, and there's no way to tell from the cable you have what it what it actually does. Nope. So, yeah. So, um, someone's going to go to the store, go go to a convenience store, and find that they can get a USB C cable for for five bucks or five euros or five pounds or whatever it is. And they're going to buy this thing and they're going to plug it into whatever crappy charger they have, plug it into their phone and the phone's not going to charge very well. And they won't understand why. And they, they also have the possibility that maybe the cable fries, maybe the cable fries your port, maybe, maybe the USB charger um, fries all because they're the product that you bought. It's not spec'd for what you want to do. Um, so the yeah, MFI having... program is really important because it gives people with iPhones a way to know that they're buying a cable that does what they need and isn't going to blow up their phone. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the truth is, if we if if we want to have one common connector, then it needs to be able to do all the things, not not just some of them or half of them. Or <laughs> right, it needs to be able to do all the things. And, and, Otherwise, you're never going to get one connector, are you? And you end up with what I've got on my desk here about seven different cables. <laughs> right, exactly. Or so, you spend seventy five dollars on one cable that does everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, I've also got another piece here, uh, which is from BGR Boy Genius Report. Why the EU should stop complaining about the iPhone 15 before it even launches, <laughs> which is says exactly that. And it says here, you know, um, apparently Thierry Breton sent a letter to Apple warning the company not to limit the functionality of USB-C cables on future iPhones. Devices which do not meet requirements for a uniform charger will not be approved. Um, Breton is reacting to rumours. funny. Rumours that the iPhone 14, uh, 15 which hasn't been announced and won't be for at least another four months, uh, not to mention the ESB, uh, EU's USB-C law has a deadline of December the 28th, 2024, so Apple could stick with Lightning for the iPhone 15 and 16 before it actually has to comply. So there you go. I could totally see Apple doing that, just, just out of spite. Adam. Yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> quite yeah. right. Yeah, they could well do that just to say, yeah, nah. so there we are. Um... This one's interesting, and uh, lots of people have mentioned Apple and Google to collaborate in unwanted tracking alerts for all item trackers, um, which is Apple and Google, uh, in response to concerns about privacy and security, they have announced a partnership aimed at addressing the misuse of Bluetooth location devices. They plan to create a draft specification to address unwanted tracking by AirTags and other item trackers, allowing them to be compatible with unauthorized tracking detection and alerts across ios and android so that's good that's a good thing it's good it's a little bit it's a little bit bonkers in some ways though isn't it Uh, look we've made something that tracks things oh that's good can we have it not track things please (laughs) (laughs) all right here's the bonkers thing for me the fact that this did not become an issue until Apple started making a tracker, yeah, even though yeah, it was an absolutely. issue all along. Why did yep. no one ever 
talk about this with Tile. Yeah. I mean, Tile was the the dominant, I mean, for all I know, they still are, but they were the dominant um, uh, tracker for years. Yep. And uh, and no one ever talked about about uh, whether or not someone was slipping one into your bag and, and following you around. Now, Apple and Google partnering to, to come up with this standard, great. The fact that Tile has said, we're very interested in this. Seriously, screw you. You could have done this years ago. <laughs> Indeed, yep. yeah. So according to this, several companies, including Samsung, Tile, Chipolo, Eufy, and Pebblebee, have expressed their support for this specification. There we go. So that's a good thing. Uh, the main point being simply that other trackers will be able to show up on uh, Android and iPhones to give you more um, awareness if something that's not doesn't belong to you is following you around. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. Um, oh yes. And whilst we're talking about uh, air tags, um, an air tag was credited with helping investigators locate one point million one point one million dollars in cash stolen from an armored truck. And this was on nine to five Mac. Oh, is that how they found me? <laughs> yeah, that's yep. how they found you, guy. Yeah, there you go. Should have should have had uh, you know not my tracker turned on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Apparently, two brothers were charged for their role in a robbery last December and accused of stealing over one million from an armoured truck and an automated teller machine in Chicago last Halloween. Um, apparently, an air tag ultimately played a role in the two brothers being captured. Witnesses revealed there was a grainy sand park near the armoured truck, which the two brothers used when they arrived at the scene. They then swapped vehicles and moved the money into a Jeep owned by a third man who was not initially charged, but in a new criminal complaint filed this week, authorities recommended he also be charged. Um, an air tag hidden inside one of the bins of stolen money, uh, Brinks is said to have contacted the federal investigators and informed them there was an air tag which provided live updates on the location. Uh, it was about an hour from the time of the robbery until the tracking device showed the uh, home showed at the home of the suspects. So there you are. <laughs> How is it that Brinks didn't have some tracking system already, and they're just now throwing air tags into cash bins? Who knows? What's up with that? <laughs> According to um... yeah. well, didn't they use they had those those paint pellets before? <laughs> I guess it's like. People don't mind being covered in paint if they have $1.1 million at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can afford to, to clean up the paint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, they were created for lost goods, and Apple doesn't advertise them being used for recovering stolen items, but they are being used for that more and more, said retired FBA, FBI agent and CEO of Veracity. Doug Coons. Uh, perhaps the owner of that particular branch of the company was safeguarding themselves by randomly throwing an air tag into every so many bags or bins. In this case, it definitely worked out. So there you go. That's uh, good for law enforcement and bad luck on the criminals. Not so good for those two, three guys. Nope, definitely yeah. not. Should have had an air tracker, you know, an air tag tracker scan. Then they could have phoned mm-hmm. it, found it, and thrown it away. Oh, well, God. honestly, what this what this kind of means, because with Apple and Google now cooperating to make it so that you can easily or more easily see when these trackers are thrown in, that uh, someone needs to make one, and maybe they already do, that uh, circumvents that for things like this, uh, you know, big cash deposits and, and maybe for 
uh, people's cars and all the rest of that. I mean, go ahead and put a, a, a tracker in a car that can only be activated by the user if the car is stolen or the money is stolen or, or what have you. Otherwise, it just lays there inert. That's mm, so, so uh, yeah. AirTag Pro. That's what yeah. we need. <laughs> AirTag <Yeah>. Pro. <laughs> the, well, the big problem the is how do you AirTag Ultra? <laughs> how do you how do you make one that no one can activate without your permission? That's that's like the big thing right there. Otherwise, you do end up with. And of course, then you'll also need huge penalties if, if it's found that you've activated one and, and put it on your wife or your girlfriend or you know your boyfriend or what have you. So you know, it's it, basically all of this. All of these tags have have created a security nightmare for people to try to navigate on their own because there's there's not really a whole lot of standards there other than what the people who make these tags add in mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely well, there we go um tim cook has touted incredible response to apple card savings account on iphone no big surprise there is there apparently you know in the u.s um you can convert your cash back uh on your apple card into a uh i uh high interest savings account which is currently offering 4.15 percent um i've moved some in there from other savings apparently almost a quarter of a million apple card savings accounts were opened in the first week so you know well i mean it's a fantastic rate yeah i mean why would you not and it's it's only available yeah so i you know that's a sort of unsurprising isn't it well you can take your cash back and just let it sit there or you can put it in this savings account and get 4.15 percent so here we are that could be uh that could be apple's new mantra couldn't it i mean it used to be it just works but the new mantra is it's easy (laughs) yeah well yeah we just Mm -hmm. make it easy because it doesn't always just work no but it is easy yeah Yeah. if it's gonna fail it's gonna fail right away and you'll know it. Mm-hmm. You yep. will know it. <laughs> oh, that blew up in my face. Thanks, uh, Apple. Yeah. Uh, Apple have apparently launched 20 new games on Apple Arcade, which is the first news we've heard about Apple Arcade for some time, to be honest. Um, so, yep, that is what it is. 20 new games, including uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Splintered Fate. Disney Spellstruck, What the Car, Cityscape Sim Builder, Chess Universe Plus, Disney Coloring World Plus, Disney Getaway Plus, Farming Simulator 20 Plus, and uh, a bunch more. There we go. Uh, if you're a subscriber or you're on the Apple One and you get the arcade, I guess there's, there's 20 more games you can play. Not a lot to say about that, really, is there? I mean, um, I'm no. not, not really, you know, no. I'm not, not an subscriber. I'm not Apple's committed to gaming. There's a couple. There's a couple of games that uh, I have on my iPhone and iPad that I use on a regular basis. But for the most part, it's not like I'm going every week into arcade and going, "Ooh, what have they got now?" No, what have I got? What have I got? No, I... I'm one of the. I think I'm one of those game. One of those game players that um, that developers really hate because I like the games that show you adverts, and I like the games that stop you playing after a certain amount of time because it means I don't play it for too long. Yeah. <laughs> if it says, oh, I'm sorry, you've got you've got to buy this before you can carry on, or you've got to wait three hours. Okay, I'll yeah, wait three okay. hours. See you in three <laughs> hours. <laughs> in three hours. Yeah. yeah, that's me. I'm one of those so, yeah. as well. Oh, dear. Now, um, 
what else have we got? Epic uh, Epic Games lose again in battles with App Store rules. Um, Tim McSweeney! Yeah, it's McSweeney! <laughs> um, the Ninth Circuit... And it's not to say that he isn't a complete asshole. Or, sorry, that he is a complete yes, asshole. It's one is. of those. Either he is or he is. I, I can't <laughs> remember. Uh, yeah, it's so easy to mix those up. Yeah, yeah. Let us know, Tim. Let us know. Yeah. There we are. Yeah, I'm betting Epic right now wishes they could um, roll back to an earlier save game state and try again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been what now? Yeah. Three years? Four years? 2020. Oh, and their track yeah. record with this has been pretty consistent. Yeah. And they have lost. You know, and, and remember, the life of a game, uh, especially with you know the the market that like Fortnite was part of is very fleeting and you only have a certain amount of time to make as much money as you possibly can before they all move on to another game you know just ask um oh what was the one see i can't even remember it now the one with everybody's in space and you have to figure out who the traitor was oh um oh um, amongst one us. Of among us. us no among, among us. us right who's oh, playing last of us now? you don't hear Something anything else. about it no well so you know, Tim, because... you, you, you just make your make your bed before you have to lie in it. I mean, the, the novelty of those things wears off, doesn't it? You yep. know, it doesn't matter how good. There's always it, something new. There's always something newer and better. I mean, I mean, let's think about something like World of Warcraft. That was huge for years, um, and now it's kind of nowhere because is Angry Birds still a thing? Angry what? Angry Birds. <laughs> that yeah. Flappy Bird. I mean, David, they did movies at one point, didn't yeah, they? They, made they a did. Movie. I think they just made an, an, another one, actually. Angry Isn't Birds that... 2. Yeah. Even angrier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that, probably. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like you said, Guy, it's not who tells the joke. It's that the joke got made. Is that the joke gets told? <laughs> I was just about yeah. to do the electric boogaloo joke. And then you dropped it and I'm like, oh, yeah. I dropped it like a bomb. You did. Like an angry, angry bird bomb. Like a very angry bird bomb. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, I think, yeah, they're not getting anywhere with that. And I don't know how big Fortnite still is, but in an attempt to crack open that app store i don't think they're getting anywhere and uh i don't think they should either so there you go nope nope well nope. especially because apple have made a number of concessions in that uh that arena haven't they yes. over time i mean some of them they've well, been and also because know, epic wants to do exactly what apple's doing and have their own game store take their own 30 percent cut oh absolutely yeah. they do yeah yeah Oh yeah, it's not about yeah, you know they, they they want it they want it all and they want to screw over everybody else to keep them from doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So screw those guys. Yeah, yep. screw them. <laughs> screw them. Quite right. So yeah, I've got two. Okay, here. So we have established then that Tim McSweeney is an asshole. He okay, is definitely just... an asshole. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> right. we talked through that so we got it yeah. all sorted out. So, right. and so we're right at the end of it. Good. Good. Yep. So these two, especially for you, guy. Cool. I, I put these in especially for you because you're going to love them. Solid state iPhone 15 button cancellation effectively confirmed by supplier. So apparently a rumored solid state button on an unannounced iPhone has apparently been cancelled to the shock horror of nobody at all, to be honest. So... <laughs> 
It's just one of those. So that's a total nun story. Essentially, right, right at the time that I start having problems with close-up depth perception, they're going to take away the physical buttons that will make it easier for me to use my phone. Good job. <laughs> you know, guy, I'm totally with you. Also, the uh, the physical buttons. That's always been uh, from the very first iPhone a key feature. The fact yep. that that j- the mute button being just a physical toggle. That's all it does is mute your phone. I mean, that that was something that Steve Jobs bragged about on stage, and rightly so. Uh, getting rid of the physical buttons, I think, would be a um, uh, a poor um, business move. Yep, I or agree. Design move. They don't they don't listen very well, do they? I mean, if you if you look at um, at cars, um, the number of cars that have gone for touch sensitive buttons, and even though every reviewer who reviews them says, stop doing this just stop it we stop want it. proper buttons in cars we don't want to have to fiddle about trying to find the right button while we're driving mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I it's the same sort of thing really in, isn't it? it when you throw in the fact that these touch screens are like the lowest quality that they can that they can buy millions of at the same time it's like yeah even if you actually hit the right spot it doesn't necessarily register that you hit that right spot mm-hmm. yeah That's right. so the buttons we need to use all the while Please leave us with real buttons. buttons. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said to you before, haven't I, Nick? I mean, uh, my my uh, Citroen C4 has, yeah. uh, you know, a centre display panel, and they've moved some of the things, like uh, dimming the dashboard light to a slider, which is hidden about mm. four levels down in some setting screen. And oh, it, so yeah. it's like, no, what was wrong with the physical button on the steering wheel, which allowed you to make the dashboard brighter or dimmer, depending on the conditions? It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible, you know. Yes, it, we might not we might not want 400 buttons, but we do want all the important stuff to hand. Exactly. Right. Precisely. Yeah. Well, that's the know. same. Same for, same for the phone as well as... <laughs> yeah. Mm. Virtual isn't always better. Um, and like no, you say, isn't. I've seen plenty of reviewers who are like, you know, great. Some things work great on a touchscreen. Other things, not so much. You know, you want to turn the temperature up? Well, Can we I think, just I have a dial, ones... you know? <laughs> Can we not just have a physical dial? Yeah, the one I've heard them... The one I've heard them complain about the most was the uh, Volkswagen Group, where they decided to put touch-sensitive buttons on, on, on... They had buttons, but they were all touch-sensitive buttons with, like, haptic feedback, and everyone hated them. Everyone just wanted buttons on their steering mm. wheels. You will love these buttons. You will. <laughs> you will. Whether you like it or not. That's right. Yep. <laughs> oh, dear. And then... This one's a bit less of a non-story, but future Apple Watch update will enable pairing with multiple Apple devices rather than just one iPhone, claims a leaker. Now, if true, this could actually be quite useful, I would think. Um, you know, you could pair it to your iPad or your Mac, maybe. Um, could be useful. Well, why not, why not just have it be part of your, your like iCloud experience? So you... Register your watch with your iCloud account, and any other devices that are in that iCloud account can see the watch. Yeah, what's the big deal? Yep, Mm. that makes sense. Can't have that. (laughs) 
Who knows? This is a rumour, and then it says uh, they do not know whether this change will come this year with OS 10, iOS 17, iPad OS 17, and Mac OS 14, or if it will be held over. So, you know, speculation. Yeah, they, need to, they need to sync all those up so everything is like, you know, OS blah, 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 instead of like all these different iterations. Yeah. yeah. It was for a short, glorious time. Yep. And then not. Yeah, and then it wasn't. Yeah. And part and of it, I think, is... Where... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, we're at the point now where where I honestly can't remember half the time which operating system version is on uh, on my various devices. And I'm deep in the middle of this ecosystem every single day. And uh, yeah, we're at the point now where... Um, the reason I, I remember the current Mac OS version is called Ventura is because we were talking about it earlier. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's um no. and a little a little bit of advice for the leaker. Um uh, pelvic fl- floor exercises are really quite good. <laughs> yeah. Get on with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. So there we are. But uh yeah, the um no. The solid state iPhone button was specially for uh specially for Guy because I know he hates these sort of uh un you know, unconfirmed feature of an unconfirmed product has now been delayed or removed or otherwise altered. It's like Oh yeah, I just I just love rumors from uh <laughs> from analysts who then pretend when it doesn't happen, oh that wasn't me. I, no. I never said that. I never said that. <laughs> Who told you I said that? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right. Well, we've got some. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I've got some stuff from John Nemo. So I'll tell you what. We'll have a five minute break while John tells us about what's arrived in his hardware store. And uh, then we'll come back and do the last few stories. How's that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Right. Take it away, John. Yes, thank you. Take it away, John. Right. Our friends at Skosh have done it again. It's S-C-O-S-C-H-E, skosh.com. They have two small portable speakers, Bluetooth, wireless. They're not only one and two in the best speakers so far this year, but one and two in best products of the year so far. The first speaker is tiny. It's a circular shape on the top, about two inches across and then and about an inch tall, with mesh at the top and a rigid plastic base underneath. The Boom Can MS, B-O-O-M-C-A-N-M-S. Cost is $50 in the U.S., and there are some discounts both on the Scosche website and on the Internet if you snoop around. It comes in black or white. It's a regular Bluetooth speaker. You turn it on, it pairs with your device. But that's where the fun begins. The circular back attaches to the Apple MagSafe phone, models 12 and later. It works. It magnetizes right to the back of a newer iPhone, and then you can use it as a kickstand in horizontal landscape mode. The sound is small but mighty, with perfectly brilliant mid-range and treble. It's waterproof and dustproof rated. Here's the best part. You get two of them for somewhere between 80 and $100, and they make a magnificent instant stereo sound up to 30 feet away from you holding your iPhone or wherever your iPhone or iPad or computer happens to be. Amazingly clear stereo. 
you and your friends and family and neighbors and co-workers will be knocked out by the clarity and the versatility of these tiny speakers that will fit in your pocket. I was walking around the other day doing some stuff out in the yard. I had one on the right side pocket, one on the left side pocket, and I was definitely portable stereo to the max. So strong recommendation from Skosh.com for the Boom Can MS. The links will be in our show notes here for Nemo's Hardware Store at Essential Apple. I love these little guys. I got two of them, and the sound is really stunningly good and powerful and bright. You can read the reviews. Other people just love them. But wait, it gets better. It has a big brother. It's called the Boom Bottle MS. B-O-O-M-B-O-T-T-L-E. Boom Bottle MS. MagSafe compatible magnetic wireless speaker. Again, from Skosh.com. The full price in the U.S. is $150, but again, you'll be able to find discounts at the Skosh website, Amazon, and other places. This is a little bit bigger than a normal can of beer, like a tall can of ale or lager. has a slightly tilted top, and guess what fits on that top? The MagSafe, again, magnetically connects to the rear of your newer phone. It works great. The Boom Bottle MS is too big to go in your pocket, but it works perfectly in a bicycle cage where you would normally put a water bottle attached to your bicycle frame. The Boom Bottle MS, rated for waterproof and dustproof, it has powerful magnet on the bottom so you can attach it upside down or right side up to a metal shelf like I've been doing. I know it's not going to come off. What a terrific feature. And on the back is a bottle opener. So it's called the Boom Bottle. So not only will fit in your water bottle cage on your bike, but you can actually open up your bottle of beer or whatever you're drinking when you get to your destination. Here's the best part. It's way, way bigger than the Boom Can MS. I mean, much, much, much taller, much heavier, very substantial, and it has a magnificent sound. Full-bodied bass to treble, mid-range, and everything in between. I was using this with my music group the other day, outside. I turned this baby up all the way, and people said, where is that sound coming from? They couldn't believe that the powerful, high-quality sound was coming from this large beer can size, Boom Bottle MS, from Skosh.com. One thing to be aware of with all these new Bluetooth speakers, it's very possible your new phone, it's very possible your new phone or pad or whatever will have a built-in limiter for the Bluetooth audio sound. Sneak that up to the top so you get full audio and you will be glad you did it. On my iPad, settings, sound, reduce loud sound under headphone audio at the top. Make sure that is off and you will be able to get magnificent sound from both the little boom and the big boom from Skosh. Guess what? If you get two of these Skosh Boom Bottle MS, you can have even more amazing stereo, greater distance from you and, and from one another. So they both do the same thing as far as the pairing with stereo and giving you true stereo. I only have one of the Boom Bottle, so I can't vouch for it, but if it's half as good or twice as good, which is probably more likely than the little Boom Can, it's going to be something to be heard. Only comes in black. I wish it also came in white, but it doesn't. Well done, Skosh. And Nemo's Hardware Store is glad to be back here at the re-emerging Essential Apple Podcast. Thank you, John. And as ever, the links for those products will be in the show notes. So, 
moving on in the technology section, apparently a driverless bus service is to start in Scotland in a world first, according to the BBC. Um, <laughs> full-size self-driving buses will begin in Scotland next month in what is believed to be a world first. Uh, Stagecoach says the route over the fourth road bridge will launch on the 15th of May. Uh, the 14-mile route will run between Ferry Toll Park and Ride in Fife and the Edinburgh Park train and tram interchange. Mm, there we go. You know, I've gone to many airports that have these driverless coaches that, you know, they're like just like little metros, little whatever you want to call them. And the moment I step onto one, the whole thing I think about while it's taking me wherever it is I need to go is that there is nobody behind the wheel of this thing. And I've got to say that that doesn't exactly always fill me with confidence. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there are yep. certain parts of the world, depending on, on terrain and all the rest of that, that uh, driverless bus service uh, could possibly make sense. Uh, I don't, you know, I've never been to Scotland, so I, I couldn't say th anything about that, but inner city driving, I, I just can't ever see that happening. No. Um, just thinking about the way traffic flows in a place like New York or Chicago or Washington, DC, it's like, you better have somebody behind the wheel because people are insane when they get behind mm -hmm. the wheel of their own cars. That is well, a little bit bonkers. about this. Um, yeah, places like Chicago and, and uh, here in Denver and Boulder, uh, winter snow and ice, yep. the driverless vehicles just, they don't, they're not at a point yet where they can cope with stupid people and uh, bad weather. Well, yeah, and yeah. The, lack, the lack of physical landmarks to, to know exactly yes. where it is they are. Cause, yeah, but if it's covered in, all covered in snow, you're, you've got difficulties actually seeing anything, haven't you? So yeah. Uh, what's a bit ironic about this, actually, is it says the vehicles have sensors enabling them to travel on pre-selected roads at up to 50 miles per hour. So I believe that's level four autonomy. Uh, they'll have two members of staff on board. So it's got one extra member of staff on board than you would normally have on the bus. <laughs> A safety driver wasn't verifying at all about yeah. a five-ton vehicle going fifty miles an hour with nobody behind the wheel. I mean, who who wouldn't just jump for joy at a thought of that? It <laughs> says a safety driver will sit in the driver's seat to monitor the technology, and so and a so-called bus captain will help passengers with boarding, buying tickets, and queries. So uh, years ago in the UK, they used to call them clippies. Mm -hmm. And they used to be ladies mostly, and oh, they yeah. used to come around and give you a ticket. And... Yep, bus so we're conductors. actually going backwards, not forwards. It seems <laughs> the bus yes. conductor, the good old bus conductor. There we are. Don't get like... me wrong. I think we. I mean, this kind of thing will work because it'll be over a defined route. It'll be on large roads that perhaps don't get huge amounts of traffic. Yeah, um, I'm sure it'll work. It. It just you. You begin to wonder. What how valuable it is really whether well, it's actually taken eventually, eventually roads will become smart as well so there'll be sensors in the road that these kinds of vehicles can read and they'll know exactly where they are regardless of the conditions of the road itself but we're not there yet and and when you're talking about no, the size of the united states and of the extensive road system that we have um and of course, the absolutely terrible rail system that we have. But yeah. you're you're going to have a hard time. I mean, and in many ways, in the US, you're much better. 
in the US, you're much better off than we are because at least your roads tend to sort of meet one another perpendicularly. <laughs> in the UK, we have roads come from every direction and any direction. Up, down, back, sideways. Indeed. Now, this road, you have to kind of hit it at an angle, you know, and you have the car should be going sideways right as you get to the roundabout, and then you're good. When I, when I first moved in um, into the house I live in now, there used to be, just at the end of the road, there used to be a junction where three roads, uh, is this right? Yes, three roads met, and it, it used to have like a sort of triangle in the middle of the road. And so you, you had lines across the end of each road, and then the main road sort of went across to the left. So every, that was fine. But to get out of the other two roads, you sort of had to half move your way into the junction to actually get out. Oh, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. And, and, and there's lots and lots of instances like that in the UK where the, the roads are just a bit bonkers, really. Yeah. Not no, even mentioned the drivers. Bad as that. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but Denver... Um, when when the city was originally laid out, it, it was laid out so that the, the streets run parallel and perpendicular to Cherry Creek. And then later on, um, someone thought, you know, having a whole city grid that uh, that runs like like northwest to southeast is kind of weird. It should all be, uh, you know, north and south and east and west. So they changed it. So the whole center. The whole major downtown area, including some neighborhoods for Denver, it's like it's rotated 45 degrees compared to the whole rest of the of the metro area. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot yes, of sense. Road, roads are weird. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I yep. mean, this says it runs from a park and ride to, you know, the uh, train and tram interchange across the... Uh, fourth road bridge which i would assume the fourth road bridge probably has a bus lane um uh, yeah, probably yes and i suspect you know from a park and ride hub to uh, a major train interchange you're going to have pretty much a bus lane all the way um and probably very few junctions to navigate so you know probably viable but as you say they now got to have a driver and a conductor so whatever i suppose it's good for employment there you go Look on the positive side. Right, considering they had to double the um, the uh, uh, number of people that are on a bus just for managing it. Yeah, yeah. Good I've job. just I've just copied uh, in the notes. I've just posted a link um, to Swindon's iconic magic roundabout. Oh yes. If you want something, if you want something confusing, just take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a roundabout that has roundabouts in it that where you can oh go God. the wrong way around them. <laughs> and in, believe it or not, it works. But in, it's something <laughs> oh, similar. Someone was showing me this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, I think it was on the big show. Yeah, quite likely. And I, and yeah. I was looking at this, and I, I thought they they were uh, totally just uh, screwing with me until they sent me a photo of this. I know yeah. it is. A bit, I have been around it once. It's absolutely business. terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Americans can't handle uh, uh, just a standard roundabout. Yeah. This this would <laughs> give people seizures. <laughs> yeah, and the death would, toll yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about definitely weed out part of yeah. There's um, 
a similar thing actually in Colchester, which is also known as a magic roundabout because there's a large roundabout with about six satellite roundabouts around it, and navigating it is. Oh, I didn't very... know there was one in Colchester. Yeah, oh, there's they, a they si- live and learn. similar thing in Colchester, and it's equally as terrifying to navigate because you have to have eyes in every bloody direction. I can assure you. I'm sure I'm if you're screwed. used to, if sure if it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! If I would just stop in the middle and say, "Just let me know when it's my time to die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Dear. All right. Well, we'll move on to security and privacy. Um, there's a link here to a terrifying study shows how fast an AI can crack your passwords. Um, this is one of those usual things that comes out on password day, which shows you, you know, how quickly it can uh, crack um, various types of passwords. Yeah, I, I showed them. Mine is PW1234 instead of password1234. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there you you'll go. be that, fine with that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there you <laughs> That's go. That's solid. Um, so four numbers is instant. It goes all the way up to 18 characters using numbers, upper and lowercase letters and symbols, which I think here is, yeah, thank you. If only there was some way to limit the number of times you could enter a wrong password. Yeah. Uh, that's just crazy talk like that would ever work (laughs) i think that's i think that's six quillion years (laughs) at the top there but there we go dear oh dear looks like if you want to be somewhere sensible 10 characters with numbers upper and lowercase letters is about approximately 38 years so there you go and by that time i really won't care anymore exactly um facebook what's facebook (laughs) (laughs) oh dear so there you go i laugh only because it hurts yep if uh you know so if uh, listeners are interested in there's a link interested in that there's a link that gives you uh you know a breakdown of how long it would take for an ai to crack your password um then we've got uh worst passwords exposed as users urged to change them immediately this one's from the Daily Record in the UK, and it's the usual um, yep. password um, shaming that they do every year. <laughs> We've got password, one, two, three, four, five, six, guest, Liverpool, QWERTY, Arsenal, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, password one, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Chelsea, Charlie, ABC, one, two, three, Liverpool, one, Parola, 12. I've no idea what that refers to. Football, monkey, chocolate. Mine isn't in any of them. Yeah, well, then yeah, you're see, safe. Guy, your password is is really solid. It's not on the list. <laughs> I've actually I've actually just put my my Wi-Fi password, which I've used for quite a long time, which is a long phrase uh, with um, one uppercase letter and a number, but it's long into uh, password haystacks, and it says that even with a massive cracking array scenario. It would take four point nine seven hundred bit trillion trillion centuries to break it. <laughs> well, you need to change it. So that's then. quite interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's a bit risky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because and, and plus, of course, millions of hackers are trying to break into your Wi-Fi network. Yeah. <laughs> what was oh, that? of course they are. So, yeah. because the universe will actually suffer heat death before they crack your password, is no reason not to come up with a better password. What was that called? <laughs> Password haystack, did you say that was called? 
Yeah, if you just put password haystack into um, and do a search, you'll, it'll come up. And basically, you put in your password, and it'll give you a sort of an idea of how long it would take to hack in various well, ways. I, I hope that's completely anonymous, because otherwise, you're like, oh, I'll just I'll just give whatever my current password is to this anonymous website. What could yeah, what could possibly go wrong? It's GRC's password haystacks. How well hidden is your needle? Well, Nick, you should probably just tell us your password so that way we can check it ourselves. (laughs) And then we'll make sure that we don't use your password. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That sounds a good idea. Definitely. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, What else have we got? Um, Generating random, secure, memorable passwords in your head, which is uh, a piece by Alistair Jenks, uh, Z-K-A-R-J. and it's on Podfeet, so that's worth a read. It's an interesting piece by Alistair about, you know, in a push, how to generate reasonably secure random words or passcodes. Um, it's making the mem- making the memorable matters. Yes, it, it really? is. If, yes. if you can have something that's complicated but memorable, that is the point. Let me, let me try one. Guy is really dumb. Apparently, that's a great <laughs> password. <laughs> But it's reasonably long. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And if, if you want to take an extra trillion years to crack that one guy, just yeah. put an exclamation point on the end. Ooh, good, good, good mm. call. <laughs> Indeed. There we are. Um, Google joins the fight against passwords by enabling pass keys, um, mm. which is, you know, where you can use your phone, and then from your phone you can yeah. use Touch ID or... Um, Face ID to log in. Um, I've got one or two websites now that use passkeys. Yes, anything that has that starts with the word Google and security (laughs) makes me like super (laughs) nervous. I can't tell you why. It make you itch. Make me a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just just if you want to add to the hilarity of that, they sent me a message saying we've enabled passkeys. Click this link. And it will um, yeah, show you. Show, let's, show, let's know how it works out. Put show, your password in here. We'll tell you if it's strong. Click this show, link show. for security. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Except I had to... cookies. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, for the, the first time they sent it to me, um, the link was a four oh four. So that was a good a good start. <laughs> it's so secure you can't even find it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Along with anything else, your uh, computer is now a password. Is thank you, indeed. There we are. Uh, Bitwarden's password manager browser extension has a known exploit which it hasn't addressed in five years. Um, according <laughs> to TechSpot, so if you're a Bitwarden user, be aware. Um, something to do with iframes. It's something to do with iframes <laughs> and um, embedded, you know, third third party bits in websites. Um, I stopped using Bitwarden some time ago. I gave it a go, but I found it too annoying, to be honest. I've gone back to using... I think the um, bigger news here is that websites are still using iframes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, Macworld, um, a new Amos Mac malware targets your passwords, personal files, and crypto wallets. Uh, This is the one which... um, think people were talking about has, last has there week. been like any word on on how this gets installed on your computer uh usually um, 
I believe the way it works is you get a link to go to a website where you are um um you're supposed to be like setting up some it's a phishing thing initially yeah and um, it's it's um, social engineering in the first it's like complete a transaction here and uh, but it's not really doing the transaction it's actually stealing your credentials and yeah Yeah. okay so yeah you know or intercepting keys or something it says, yeah, it says Amos is spread through unsigned disk image file, mm. which are common when downloading new apps that are not in the app store. <laughs> Get your free version of uh, Final Cut Pro here. That's right. Or Photoshop. Yeah. 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 So, you know. But it is quite software a software like sexual partners. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there you go. But that's quite a nasty piece. Um and it's deliberately targeted at the Mac, so uh, but it is spread by the usual um, social engineering methods. So you know, think twice before you click that link, people. Yeah, just t- talk to us first and send us your password, and we'll let you know if it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Moving on then. Moving on because I know uh, guys running out of time. Um, for the t- essential tips and worth of chirps, uh, Trusted Reviews has a link how to set a song as a ringtone on iPhone for free. Uh, if you're interested in making a custom ringtone from a song, you can follow that link. Not something I'm really that bothered about, personally. Um, but there you go, if you want to know how to do that. Uh, this one is uh, a link to... Uh, this is a link to... Well, a toot. Which one's that? Um, Mastodon. Mastodon. Yes. Right. So this is a uh, link to a toot by Miguel de Icaza, a neat iOS feature. For years, I dreaded sharing my digital business card uh, because it included details it did not wish to share, but I need iOS to know. Now, when you share your contact card, you can remove the fields you wish to hold back. And it shows here um, his card and the fact that there is a filter fields button, which allows you to filter out the things you do not wish to share. So I believe that's, that's good. Yep. I believe that's a new feature in iOS 16, but I'm not sure. I hope he told his wife, Laura, about this. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other tip we've got here is how to turn on voice isolation on iPhone in iOS 16.4 from Tom's Guide, because uh, voice isolation now works on phone calls, not just on FaceTime. A handy hint, if you're somewhere noisy, um, you can use the uh, control center to turn on voice isolation in your phone call. Um, Unfortunately, apparently, you can't set it to be on by default. You have to do it for every phone call, but just, I suppose, depends how often you're in noisy environments. But that's a handy tip. I've heard from a couple people that have hearing aids that pair with their iPhones that voice isolation uh, makes their their, um, voice really bad and difficult to to hear okay when when they're using voice isolation so just passing that on if you're using a hearing aid voice test voice voice isolation first because it may turn out that your phone calls are easier to hear for other people if you're not using it right okay so good point good point well made there jeff 
Um, and the just a snippet for the week is Netflix kills DVD in the mail business and upgrades ad supported plan from 720p. And uh, who knew that Netflix was still actually mailing out DVDs? I thought they killed that years ago. I've got yeah, a bunch of know. AOL floppy disks if anybody wants them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yes, I need, I need to reinstall so, so I can check my mail. You've got mail. You've yeah. got mail. Oh, dear. So there you go. Apparently, um, they finally killed it. Uh, as it says here, the newsiest part I'll of the story. I'll tell you the one sad thing about this. Yep. The the sad part is that uh, Netflix's physical DVD library has a lot of movies that aren't available for streaming. Mm. So once the the whole DVD side is completely shut down, that means there's a lot of movies that just simply won't be available uh, right. because the the DVDs aren't even in publication anymore. Oh dear. Netflix. I don't know how I'm going to be able to watch Sharknado six. Oh no. Right, I'm so sad. <laughs> or how how about the 1994 um, um, Fantastic Four movie? <laughs> Roger Corman. <laughs> yep, guy, I dropped that one just for you. Thank you, I appreciate that. It had the best thing costume ever. So there right. You go. Apparently, Netflix says it will ship its last DVD on September the 29th, 2023, and discs which have not yet been returned will be accepted through to October the 27th. Wow. So if you want to get, you know, a last Netflix uh, DVD, sign up and get one before the end of September. There we are. And that, chat. What happens if you don't send it back before October, whatever? Who knows? Who knows? Do they send out those same guys that do the security updates? I reckon. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's cool. yeah. oh, or, or they send dear. a Demogorgon after you. Yeah. Oh, dear. Flying spaghetti monster. Indeed. There we are. So that's all the stories, chaps. Thank you for joining me. And uh, we'll do the wrap-up. So, uh, Guy, I know you've got to shoot off. So do you want to tell everybody where you can be found about the web? Sure. You can usually find me recording the MyMac.com podcast since 2009 over My there. MyMac. My over there on uh, the, the mighty MyMac.com podcasting network. Um, you can sometimes, if I ever get back to it, find stuff over at VertShark.com. Uh, I am on Twitter and Mastodon and Counter Social as MacPettit, as well as <laughs> VertShark over there on the Twitters. And uh, we've got various phone numbers yeah. that go and listen to the, the MyMac.com podcast. You can call us. Call us, collect, call us direct, but call us today. Yeah. You see, we can do all the sound effects. Yeah. I got all the stuff. <laughs> Every single one of them. Uh, oh, by the way, real quick, real quick thing. Uh, anyone who uses Farago, mm-hmm. Rogue Amoeba has a new version out that has new like version, version two. Yeah. editing features and built-in search with... Uh, I can't remember the name of the service now, but it's they've this service you, you 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 can make a free account and get up to like twenty or so different sound effects every day for free from this service. No way! And it's twenty five bucks to update from version one. There you go. Totally worth the twenty five bucks. Yep. I, I'm a big fan of the new Farago. Yep. And Rogue Amoeba as a company is a long time Mac supporting company, and almost all of their stuff is like just fantastic 
Yep. Yes, it is. I'm trying to think of what they have that wouldn't qualify as fantastic. Uh, stuff they, stuff, stuff they actually no longer sell anymore because Loopback is great. Uh, Audio Hijack is great. Farago is great. Um, uh, they had one. Sound Source is great. Oh, Sound Source is wonderful. Um, their actual audio editor is pretty good. Um, Fission? Fission, yep. yeah. Fission, yeah. Um, uh, they had some program where you could set up like your own radio uh, service that I think is now gone. Um, oh, okay. But almost all of their stuff that, that they're currently selling is so worth getting and you can actually get them in bundles too yeah just buy the bundle yeah mm-hmm. especially uh, if you're like a podcaster that stuff is like gold yep yes i mean there's uh they do piezo which is very good especially if you're you know mm-hmm. interested in trying out a bit of podcasting or something it's very basic but it does the does the job um and then there's i'm actually running it now as a backup yep <laughs> Yep, that's what we use. Um, and we've got Airfoil, which is audio everywhere. That's what I was thinking of. Um, Airfoil, forgot about that. Which allows you to play, uh, send from any audio source and um, send it to... Oh, anyway, I, I've, kind of, I've kind of hijacked the show. I'm very sorry. <laughs> so <that's... laughs> no, it's fine. It's absolutely <laughs> that's, fine. That's all my contact stuff, and I'll just shut up now. Says, you know, uh, apparently with Airfoil, you can stream to Apple TV, HomePod, third-party AirPlay-compatible hardware, Sonos devices, Google Chromecast, Cast TV, Cast speakers, Bluetooth speakers, and headphones. And computers, phones, and tablets as well, if you get Airfoil Satellite, a complimentary add-on for Airfoil. As complimentary as in additional, not as in free. There you go. Right. There we are. Cool. Cool. All cool stuff. And uh, so, Jeff, where can people find you around and about? Uh, well, when I'm not just hanging out with Guy like this, um, uh, you know, Mastodon, Instagram. I'm Jay Gamut on both of those. Um, and now the long list of shows. Um, Tuesdays, Chuck Joyner, Smack Voices Live. Um, quite often with Guy. And then on Thursdays, uh, Dave Ginsburg's In Touch With iOS, quite often with Guy. (laughs) And then on the British Tech Network, uh, I'm interim host for The Big Show on Thursdays and The Mac Show on Fridays. And then Brian Chaffin and I do The Context Machine. Uh, That's probably enough shows for now. Yeah. Okie dokie. There we are. Uh, Nick? You got anything you wish to say? Uh, not a lot. You can find me in the in our Slack room um, from time to time, and um, I, I I abandoned Twitter when it wasn't fashionable <laughs> <laughs> to do so. Yeah, <laughs> even though I've still got an account, um, it, it, I never use it and never look at it. So never mind. So don't contact me there. No. Uh, if you want to find uh, some of Nick's. Uh, church worship uh live or videos uh links are in the show notes and Indeed they um, are. you can find me on twitter somewhat less than i used to be but i still go there and that's at serenak s-e-r-e-n-a-k that's also my handle on mastodon which i use less than twitter because i can't figure out how to make dms work so that kind of limits its use partially and uh, you can find me in the Slack room, of course, quite a lot. And uh, I guess that will do. So uh, I think for this week, we'll all say goodbye. And hopefully we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even, if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz. From the MyMac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things, <laughs> but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous tics, trying not to smile, angry yelling when you say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast, as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children. sitting downstairs getting ready to watch um i don't even remember what the hell it was i was going to watch and all of a sudden it was just like the pain just ratcheted up to to 20 and i was moaning so loud that uh, uh tracy came downstairs and she freaked out and called an ambulance and i got to the hospital and they actually gave me um a shot of you know through intravenously uh oxycontin and morphine and uh, the pain was still, I mean, I, I could still feel the pain. It, it just made me care about it less, but the pain yeah. was still there. It was like, yeah. okay, well, that pain really hurts, but I just don't, don't care, care right now. <laughs> exactly. I was so wasted. And when we went to see um, the surgeon the next day, he was like, 
you know, there's, there's really nothing that can be done. You know, we can possibly treat the, the, the pressure, but in the long run, it's, it's going to have to come out. And it was like, screw it, you know, just do it, get it over with and do it. Do it now. Kill it with yeah, fire. You know, why, why, why wait? You know, just yeah. if, if something is inevitable, then just do it. Get it over do with. It and get it over with. Ugh. So, you know, I mean, yeah, it sucks. And it's made a lot of everyday activities uh, a lot more difficult. Uh, driving is interesting <laughs> yeah. because I have no uh, like- peripheral vision. And of course, you know, here in the States, we, we drive on the, the right hand side of the road. Sorry, left hand side. Wait a minute. <laughs> I always get confused. <laughs> Uh, the right-hand side of the road. Because the driver's so, seat's on the left, yeah. Yeah. So when I'm when I'm on a multi-lane highway and I want to merge to a, a lane that's on the right, I mean, normally what I used to do is I would just turn my head and make sure there's nothing in my blind spot and I would just take the turn. But now if I want to check that blind spot, I've got to like turn all the way around. And, it's, and it, it, you know, you, you just can't, you can't do that while driving. So what I've, what I've done instead is I've put two small uh, convex mirrors on my right hand side. You have to get some of those, some of those like, um, yeah, wide angle mirrors that you've seen either separately or put in the corners of the, of the mirror. Yeah. So I have two of those now Yeah, on that, on that side of the car. And, uh, I just, actually, I just put, uh, another one on, uh, just before I, I came down here to, to record and, uh, it, it makes a huge difference. You know, I mean, I still have to be really, really careful. And uh, I don't know what it's going to be like to drive at night yet. Right now, I'm I'm kind of avoiding it. Yeah. But for the most part, I can I can drive. I can go to work. Um, I don't know what it'll be like trying to drive long distance because you know, um, Max Stock is coming up in July, and usually I would, in various ways, means and forms, make my way to Chicago, rent a car, or you know, drive there myself and just make my way out to where Woodstock is. But Chicago traffic is like insane. So I, I, I don't really have enough confidence at this point in driving to, to deal with really super bad, you know, no. fast moving traffic. It's so take a year it's, or it's all the little things that I have to get used to doing, you know, over again. It's like, um, how, how are you finding, how are you finding distance perception? guy because I, so we use both our eyes my perception is totally fucked it's like it's 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 like somewhere it's right over here <laughs> i know it is um but you know it, it's it's another one of those things that little by little um i mean the 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 brain is is a remarkable organ and yeah how quickly it gets used to a change in environment, which this this definitely is. Um, my my perception, very very close, is never going to change. It, it's always going to be kind of like it's right here, you know. And I just have yes. to to get used to saying it's here instead of because when you when you see things out of both eyes, you you can you kind of triangulate, mm-hmm. you know. And your brain does it automatically. And you know, I'm I'm reading up on a lot of this stuff now. Your brain does it automatically that you don't even realize it that it it's right there and you just reach out and you take it because you know your brain knows where it is and you know where it is and your hands just go oh okay it's right there but now with just one eye it's like it's it's you know and it that that moment of 
well, just how far away is that thing? And can, is it within arm's reach? And is my hand going in the right direction? Um, those kinds of things just take time to, to adjust to. Yeah. Uh, but anything past about three feet, it doesn't matter. Peripheral vision doesn't really matter much past, you know, where you're, uh, however far your, your arms can reach. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I've found that while driving, when I'm looking off into the distance, it's like, oh, okay, well, it just looks like it, it always did. But close up is, is where the problem is. And, you know, it's, it's just a matter of getting used to the new normal. Many years, my up, many years ago, my father was friends with a photographer, mm-hmm. and he was a very, very good photographer, but he had no depth perception. Both his eyes were fine, but for some reason, he, he couldn't judge depth, never had been able to. That must have made it hard to be a photographer. No, he, he reckoned it actually made it easier for him to be a photographer because he saw everything in like flat, like, like a photograph all the time. Oh, okay. So everything was flat already. To him, yeah. Everything yeah. was like looking at a cinema screen. So, but he did have problems, like when he wanted to pour a, a coffee or a, a glass of wine or something. Yeah. He, he had to use both. <laughs> he had to use both hands so that he could yeah. make sure one that, hand on the glass and the other yeah. hand on the bottle. So that and you, so you he don't could, really pour until you know that the the top of the bottle is touching the glass. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he, he couldn't do like most people would just reach out and pour some wine into somebody else's glass. He didn't ever de- dare do that because he'd say, "I can't, I can't guarantee I won't just pour it all over the tablecloth." But yeah. um, <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah. So, but you know, as he'd always been like, I've, that, I've, just, uh, I've given. Yeah, go on, Nick. Yeah, I was just going to say I've given up on my camera. Uh, I, I bought a little while ago. I bought myself one of these Osbot Mini PTZ jobbies okay which seems to work fine but as soon as i tried to connect it into wire wire just sort of gave up the ghost uh, and, done, done like that, and didn't then. like it at all didn't like that one no. at all so what's the camera it's an osbot mini osbot something mini what's it called oh, oh, is it a usb camera or do you have to go through like some kind of uh, it's, no it's usb yeah oh, uh, uh hold on i'm just finding the web page to see what it's called Oh, they've got a new one now called the Osbot Tiny 2. That's right. Well, nice. A lot of times, I mean, a lot of the web cameras, even the USB ones, don't work with Mac because there's all kinds of like stupid special drivers that they built into it. Well, this is this is one way you can adjust. You can. It's one of these that you, you can make shapes and it will follow you. And um, it's got a li- it's got a little head that rotates on the top. And well, do you have an iPhone? It will follow you about and. I have got an iPhone, yes, but I've got oh, no stand use... to put it on. So. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> going to say you could use continuity. Yeah, um, that's true. So, you know, it's weird. I've found, and I don't know if they've updated it recently, I found that um, with my iPhone 13, I think I have, that um, it didn't always work. It didn't always connect. It wouldn't see it. And I had to go into like FaceTime or some other program to kind of force it to see it and then go back into um, uh, either Chrome or the Brave browser. Cause I use for the podcast, I use um, StreamYard and you have to do that through a Chromium browser, but for whatever reason, sometimes it wouldn't see it. And it was a, it was kind of a pain in the ass. So right now I'm back on my, my Sony um, a 5100 that I bought and I'm just going through a, a cheapy little HDMI to USB dongle and it works fine. You know, I got a nice bokeh there in the back, but um, 
it's it's a, a lot bulkier than just using like a uh, do I have it? It's around here someplace. I had like a little uh, little camera stand that I could clamp onto my desk and then just have it like right at face height. And when it worked, it worked great, you know, but sometimes I just couldn't get it to work. Unfor- and unfortunately, um, StreamYard and most of the other browser-based services won't work with Safari. No, they usually use Chrome, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd... I think I'd probably need to reboot now because it's not even seeing my iPhone now. Wow. <laughs> so I'll give up. All right, mate. No problem. You're... Well, you don't use – you use video anyway, Nick? No, no. No, no. we don't. No. Okay. No. Well, then it's, no, it's we just don't. really for no. convenience. Well, if I uh, if I suddenly disappear, it's because um, – so I a little while ago, I decided to um, – Look at how much I was spending with uh, Virgin Media, who are or who are who are our local cable people, and uh, decided that I'd get rid of it all and just go for a five G modem instead. So at the moment, I'm connected via a five G modem. However, I have been having issues with it just dropping out for no readily apparent reason. Um, it doesn't actually lose signal. It's just the internet cuts off, so I'm not quite sure. So if I disappear, you know what's happened. Right, I'll well, be back. Okey-dokey. <laughs> how do you like my stylish eye patch? I, I do like it. Okay, how do I make this bigger so I can see everyone? If oh, you, if oh, there's you that. Go... I found it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I got lucky and rolled over the right thing. Mm. I do like your stylish eye patch. Yeah, I got a um, uh, one of one of my, my wife's friends, without telling me, went to Etsy and bought me a, a Superman eye patch. And oh, fun. Yeah, right after we got back from the hospital, it showed up. And I was like, I don't remember ordering. And because I order so much crap online, it's like, well, I could have. I, uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. And found out later it was from, it was from my wife's friend. And then um, uh, the Mac mommy, Melissa, sent mm-hmm. me a uh, like six different colored eye patches so I can like color, so can color coordinate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she really likes the purple one the most, yeah. so I wore that one all day yesterday and sent her a pic of me wearing it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, and, and you're doing well? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, as, as well as can be expected. You know, the whole thing uh, yes. sucks, but... Yes. You know, and you know, and I've said this a lot, considering how much pain I was in prior, um, when, when the doctor told me basically, you know, that there was nothing they could do to save the eye and he wanted to perform surgery on Thursday. It's like, can't we just go ahead and go ahead and do it? Cause you know, if it's going to come out no matter what and you know, why waste time, just take, take the goddamn thing. Right. Yeah. And then also save yourself a couple of days of stewing over the fact that that <laughs> the, date is that coming lose, up. That I'm losing an eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, um, the, the weird thing I hadn't eaten since the the surgery was on Wednesday and I hadn't eaten since Monday because I just, I wasn't hungry. I was in so much pain. Yeah. And when I came, you know, I, we got to the hospital and they had me on the gurney and they, and uh, fun, fun, they had trouble finding uh, a vein in my arm. And then they finally did. And they were wheeling me to the operating room. And that's like the, the absolute last thing that I remember. And when I woke up from the anesthesia, uh, the pain was gone, and right in front of me was graham crackers, the world's driest turkey sandwich, <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, a sealed thing of apple juice and grape juice. And it was like that is a feast. And I went through those sure. graham crackers and and the world's greatest, tastiest 
dry turkey sandwich that I have ever had. <laughs> and he was like, bring me more, bring me more. I'm so, I'm so friggin' hungry. Yep. And as we left and some of this was related to me after, because my, my memories of that day are kind of like, eh. sure. Um, I was, I was saying, saying goodbye and thank you to all of the nurses, none of whom I could pick out of a lineup if you ask me to right now. And we got to the elevator and we got down to the bottom floor where like, you know, to go out to the car. And there was this long line of people to get into the elevator. And I do remember looking at them all and saying, some of you are going to have to wait until the next one comes because there's just not enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just kind of looked at me as I went by like, okay, you know, there's really something going on with that guy, but uh, I don't want to know. So, yeah. My, my assumption every time I'm in the hospital for whatever, you know, yeah. usually supporting someone else um, and someone comes by and they're just clearly fucked up yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and, um, and they start saying weird stuff. First thing in my head is post-op. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. All the, uh, you know, all the jolly chemicals. I was pretty jolly. Yeah. I went in uh I went into uh for an operation uh gallbladder removal some time ago and um because I'd said no one could be with me they were going to keep me in overnight and um in the end my brother said don't worry I'll come and pick you up. So I, I told them and my brother's going to come and pick me up. So they let me go fairly quickly. Uh, basically you know it's the normal thing if you if you can get to the loo then you can go. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so I, I, I remember coming out of the door, and I thought, I wish Robert would keep his car still, because <laughs> <laughs> I was wobbling about a little bit from the anaesthetic. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And because I'm so tall, when I fall, it like takes about twenty minutes for me to hit the ground. <laughs> yeah, but it's really so epic. <laughs> I, I really have a lot of time to to consider my life choices as I'm falling. So, there's that. You know that's the uh, secret of flying, according to according to Douglas Adams. You know, yeah, it's yeah, throwing yourself the at the ground and missing. Just miss the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love those books. Oh dear! Right, right. I'll just test this out. Can everybody hear this? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, y- you missed the. Where's the real guy? What did you do with him? Because the real guy would have totally played the no, we can't hear it card. (laughs) Hold on a second. (laughs) Really? Oh, my bad. You having a laugh? (laughs) Well, I would answer, but it would take me. 12 seconds later. Uh, oh dear. What a 42-carat plonker you really are. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not right doing things. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go already, look. I would dance and be merry. Life would be a ding-a-dingy. Ding-a-dairy. Ding-a-dairy. Right. I have no idea what the hell a dingadari is. No, nobody yeah, has it. See, uh, yeah. dingadari would definitely just more be one. Stop talk. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you are absolutely right. right. <laughs> okay, well, at least that's working at last. The last couple of times me and Nick did it, it didn't work for some reason. But there we go. Right. 
Shall we uh shall we get ready? Yeah, push the button. <laughs> <laughs> 